Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. We've often heard a person described as the salt of the earth. It's become a very common term used to describe someone of solid and dependable character. Actually, this term comes from the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, and it, along with its companion verse, you are the light of the world, are used specifically to describe not just people of character, but actually those people who are fit to inhabit the kingdom of the heavens. Dick Taylor has joined us once again, and Dick, we all hope that we could be the kind of people that have this effect on people around us, don't we? We sure do, and we hope all of you who are listening would also have this desire to be this kind of people. We've been looking at nine aspects, Dick, or characteristics of the ones who are qualified to be inhabitants of the kingdom of the heavens. Uh, And today we're going to see what kind of effect or influence the kingdom people have on people and situations around them. The sequence here is very important because the whole point is that this influence or this impact can only exist if these nine qualities are present. Take a minute or two, if you would, and review these nine things for us. These nine qualities are awesome. I like the first one, Chris, where the Lord said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is, not will be, but is the kingdom of the heavens. This first one is the foundation of all the other qualities. To be poor in spirit means that there is room for the kingdom of the heavens, even in the very depths of your being. It means you're an unloaded person. You're open to the Lord. I like to just read it this way, blessed are the unloaded. They have room for the king with the kingdom of the heavens. And then the next aspect is blessed are they who mourn. And if you're genuinely a person in the enjoyment of receiving the king into your being, you have room for the kingdom of the heavens, then you will surely mourn over the dark, pitiful, sinful, corrupt, and satanic world that we live in. The third aspect is blessed are the meek. This means... uh, We're not here just fighting and arguing with others. Even in traffic on the freeway, I find myself sometimes somebody cuts me off and you just want to get even. But if you have this quality, you're not here fighting with people. You surely are strong against Satan and all the authorities of darkness. But against people, you're not fighting, but you're meek. 
And then if we really have these qualities, then what we have, we have a genuine hunger and thirst for righteousness. We must have a genuine hunger and thirst for righteousness. And this means that within our being, there's a desire even to be strict with ourselves. And once we have a righteousness related to ourselves, then right away, there's a kind of desire to be merciful to others. And this is the next quality. I like that. Strict with the self, but merciful to others. And then the next quality is to be pure in heart. And I like how these three go together. If we're not strict with ourself, that is, hungry and thirsty for righteousness, and we're not merciful to others, there's no way that we can really be pure in heart and see God. If you're not strict with yourself and merciful to others, you are blind toward God. So this is a big, big key. And then uh, the next quality is to be a peacemaker. Wherever you go, really, there's just a sense of Christ as peace. And surely, if you have these foregoing qualities, then you'll have the next one, and that is uh, persecution. You will be a person who suffers persecution. And lastly, blessed are you when they reproach and persecute you for the Lord's namesake. Right. And uh, this means that if we live Christ and we live by Christ, then surely we'll suffer persecution and we'll be reproached for the Lord's namesake. But hallelujah, we receive blessing, 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 blessing. Well, Dick, immediately following these nine things uh, that are recorded in the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5, then we come to this well-known expression that we began the program with today. Verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, with what shall it be salted? It's no longer good for anything except to be cast out and trampled underfoot by men. We're going to look at the salt of the earth, Dick a characteristic of the kingdom people. Let's go to Witness Lee. After the nature of kingdom people is revealed, then this decree goes on to the influence. Here you have a gold sequence. Without such a nature as the kingdom people has, there's no influence. The influence of the kingdom people comes out of what they are. If we, the kingdom people, are poor in our spirit, that the kingdom of the heavens does have room within our depths, and then we mourn for others, and then we are meek, and then we are righteous, and then are merciful and pure to God, then we are peacemakers, suffering persecution and being reproached for Christ. We are such person. Of course, what we are will exercise a lot of influence upon the world people around us. Today, the whole world is so corrupt and the whole world is so dark. Why? Because the influence of the proper church life is altogether missing. So today, for the Lord's coming back, there is an urgent need in all regions and all countries. 
and which could be an influence over these regions and these countries. Nothing but the proper church life. Notice that in these five verses, the Lord didn't use the singular pronoun. You here, it doesn't mean you yourself as a single person. In Greek, it means the plural you. You are the thought, not the individual you, but the plural you. And you are the light. These few verses are not concerning the individuals because after the nine blessings, the blessed people became a people. After the nine blessings, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is not one of individuals. The kingdom is a collective people, a corporate people. You are the salt and you are the light. The salt is not the individual you, neither the light. Both the salt and the light are the corporate people of the kingdom. That is the kingdom people. Dick, this is a very um, interesting point. In the Greek language, there are two pronouns for, the, for our single pronoun, you. There's a pronoun for the singular and a pronoun for the plural. It's very interesting that both of these uh, verses have the plural pronoun here. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the earth. So these nine qualities or characteristics that you reviewed for us uh, a while ago are really not specifically talking about individual spiritual giants, but there's a corporate aspect here that's very important. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. It's good to see this, Chris. The kingdom is not just an individual, but the kingdom is a corporate people, a corporate plural you. And I like this. For the Lord's coming back, there is an urgent need for such a people. None of us by ourselves really could be the salt of the earth. Neither could we be the light of the world in an adequate way. I really enjoyed just the other day uh, at UCLA, we had 200 of the brothers and sisters come out to sing and to testify. We arranged to have everything set up right in the middle of campus, and it was so precious to be there singing as a group of 200 lovers of the Lord, 200 members of the body of Christ. And I tell you the truth, there was the salt of the earth there to declare the Lord's name, to sing, to testify, to preach the gospel, you really had a sense there was assaulting going on in the corrupt atmosphere. But suppose just one of us went and stood in the middle of that campus. Well, we could say something, we could do something, but there's really not that salting function that's known by a corporate you. So the you here refers to a corporate people. The kingdom is a corporate people who are enjoying Christ to such an extent that their influence is just a salting influence. Oh, Dick, you mentioned um, about the overall atmosphere. And, and UCLA, of course, is not anything unique. I, I think we all recognize in the world today, in the campuses throughout America at least, probably throughout the whole world, uh, darkness is pretty prevalent, isn't it? Everywhere. 
the whole world needs salt. It used to be we thought of, oh, corrupt areas or parts of town that we would uh, stay away from, and it would be somewhat isolated. But I think our sense today is, as Christians, believers throughout the earth, the whole earth is in need of much salt and certainly much more light. That's true. And it's so good to be with the kingdom people together to be this salt and to be this light. I realize, again, referring to the campus experience, what a privilege to be with other lovers of the king, shining out the kingdom light and releasing the kingdom salt. Let's go back to Witness Lee, Dick. The whole earth is becoming rotted. But the kingdom people must exercise certain influence spontaneously over the rotten earth. The medical doctors can tell you how the salt kills the germs how the sword eliminates the rottenness, and how the sword always keeps the thing in its original condition. But here it says the sword may be passable to lose its teeth. It becomes soulless. That means we will lose the distinction between us and the world people. To become the same as the world people is just vice versa to those nine items. We just live and walk and behave like the world people. If we are such, we lose our taste. Right away, we become soulless. Thought loses its function. We must keep the salting function to uh, kill the germs, to eliminate the rotten knife, to bring things back to the uh, God-created situation, to keep the things in the regular, original condition. Even among our neighborhood, there should be a kind of spontaneous exercise of our salting section. In your working place, there should be a kind of influence there. As long as we are in the foregoing nine blessings, we are salty. You don't need to uh, rebuke people. You don't need uh, to point out people's mistakes, wrongdoings. You don't need to say a word as long as you just live there. Among them, they got salty. You see? The Lord's intention is to bring the rotting earth back to its original situation. We couldn't see this, this age yet. But when the next age comes, in the mineral kingdom, the whole earth will be salted. Well, Dick, we began our program today talking about how familiar this expression is from Matthew chapter 5. Nearly everyone is familiar with this verse, at least this part, you are the salt of the earth. It's become a very common or colloquial expression. But if we look at it in its real context, it has very much directly to do with the coming kingdom age, doesn't it? It really does. I like the fact that our being the salt of the earth kills the germs, eliminates the rottenness, restoring the God-created earth back to its original condition. 
I appreciate so much, Chris, that we do not see that in this age, but we can be the influence. And we're here to stand with the Lord, to be that influence till his kingdom comes. And this is fully manifested, and the millennial reign of Christ is definitely here. We need to be kingdom people who are constantly enjoying the king with his nature. Then we'll automatically and spontaneously have the proper salting function. Otherwise, we lose our salting function. In other words, if we're no longer poor in spirit, no longer mourning for the situation, no longer meek, no longer hungry and thirsty for righteousness, meaning we're not enjoying the king with his nature and his life, then we lose the influence. And we even become just like the worldly people. This is a shame. So it means a lot for us to be the salt of the earth by enjoying the king with his divine life and his divine nature. By this means, gradually, the God-created earth will be restored to him and gained by Christ, and his kingdom will be established on this earth. May we be one with the Lord for the coming of his kingdom in this very practical way by being the salt of the earth. Dick, I think one of the most precious experiences for a Christian, particularly if we work in an office situation or in a classroom situation where we're surrounded by people who are not in this kingdom of the heavens, many times you'll hear a believer talk about how just their presence in the office, people start acting a little different when they come into the room and maybe the kind of stories they were telling or the kind of language they were using just spontaneously changes. My wife has this experience and she's very careful not to preach at people, but nonetheless, uh, she's all the time recounting this kind of experience. This is really not something to uh, overlook or take lightly, is it? No, it's not. And the good point here is if we really enjoy the king with his life and his nature, we will have this kind of influence even we may not need to say that much. But by our being, even in that situation, we are the salt of the earth. Well, Dick, let's go on and look at verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. It is impossible for a city situated upon a mountain to be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and place it under a bushel, but on a lampstand. And it shines to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men. This is our verse for the final section today. Let's go back once again to Witness Lee. The kingdom people are the light. When the kingdom people are built together, spontaneously, they are what? They are a city on the mount. And this city becomes a shining light. Thousands of Christians, they understand Matthew 5, 6, and 7 all together in an individualistic way. The light is not an individual person, but a city. Satan build it. If you are scattered, divided, separated, there's no Satan. And you have realized as long as there's no Satan, there's no light. The light is a Satan corporately building up as one entity to shine over the surrounding people. But the shining has two aspects. One aspect, the light is likened to a city shining upon the 
outsiders. Then, in the second aspect, the light is likened to a lamp within a house, shining on a lampstand. The shining has two aspects. Our influence over people shouldn't be just outside. It must be also the inside. To shine upon people, outwardly, we need to be built up. To shine over people from within, inwardly, we need to be without any coverage. We shouldn't be covered by a bushel. This bushel matter indicates a kind of anxiety concerning our living. No anxiety. No care of this life. This is the shining from within that penetrates into people's inward being. This will convince people. Then eventually, both aspects of shining will give glory to the Father. Because both will just express what God is. God is expressed through what we are. Well, Dick, God is light, surely. So both of these kinds of shining are ultimately an expression that glorify him. But the shining that's on a hill like a city uh, is somewhat different than the light that comes from the lampstand within the house. What do these two aspects of the kingdom people being the light of the world indicate? On one hand, we're like a city built on a mountain indicating that we ourselves as the kingdom people are builded together in oneness in our dear Lord Jesus. And as a result, we're like a city on a mountain shining outwardly upon all those around the city. On the other hand, because we're exercising to be the kingdom people, uh, it mentions that it shines to all those who are in the house. That means even to one another, we become a real penetrating influence hmm. because we are really enjoying the king. We're really enjoying his life and his nature. And as a result, our living is a convicting, influential, penetrating living that causes even the shining of God for God's expression in this dark age. Right. Our desire is that our dear Father would be glorified by our enjoyment of his Son as the very King and as the very light of the world within us. So it seems the real need here is that on one hand, we would be builded up with others. If you're listening to this broadcast, you may be a real lover of the Lord. To that we say, Amen, and we encourage you to go on. But we would also point out to you there's a real need to be builded into oneness with others. Even the Lord prayed for this in John 17. Father, that they may be one as you and I are one, that the world may know that you have sent me. We need this kind of influence. Then we're a city on a mountain shining upon all those around us. And on the other hand, we need to be those who are not under the cover of anxiety and of cares of this life. But we are people all the day long, enjoying Christ, praising the Lord, calling on the Lord. Then we'll be the kingdom people with both the shining outwardly as the city on the mountain upon everyone, 
and on the other hand, shining particularly within the house to the insiders for the sake of the Lord's testimony that God would be glorified and expressed through his kingdom people. Unto him be glory. Dick, I'm really impressed today with this matter of the corporate built-up city. It needs all of the individual lights to be built up together to be something that is such a, a testimony, expressing God in this dark age. Amen. Dick, as always, thank you for your fellowship and uh, the time you've taken to be with us and come back again very soon. I look forward to that, Chris. In addition to the time that you take to join us each day for these programs, we hope that you'll also take time contact us about receiving the printed Life Study messages. For all of that information, call us toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to us to radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the Scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks for listening.